Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU-Utah basketball back on after a one-year hiatus. What does the rivalry really mean to you? Radio analyst Mark Durant has played in the rivalry, as has national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler. What does it mean to them? Plus, a new Vegas win projection comes out for BYU football, and is it do or die for BYU baseball's NCAA tournament hopes today? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing live television and live radio in Radio Vision. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, May 27th, wherever and however you're dialed in, this is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with fourth-generation TV host, Jerem Jordan. Well, my dad did it in uh, in the eighties and nineties. Uh, my grandpa did it in the seventies uh, and eighties, uh, and then my great grandpa actually did it uh, when BYU Sports Nation started in nineteen fifty three. Your great grandpa did yeah, it in fifty yeah, three. He was the original host um, with your great grandpa. Crazy enough, uh, in nineteen fifty five. Your grandpa uh, Rutherford James Linton. Check believe, out. Right? The fourth-generation host, Jerem Jordan, on the fourth-generation version of Apple TV because we have that now in our arsenal of ways to watch the program. Yeah! Did you hear about this tweet from Kevin Nixon, former BYU basketball player, the guy that hit the 55-footer to beat UTEP in the WAC championship in the early 90s? His son Dalton is a member of the BYU basketball team but currently on a mission. In Boston. And upon receiving news about BYU and Utah resuming the rivalry series yesterday, Kevin Nixon tweeted this. Me in an email. Dalt, the Utah-BYU basketball series is back on. Dalton responded, when was it canceled? Me? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> live, live in that box. Known as the mission, man. <laughs> live in that box. Yeah, Dalton's like, whatever. It, wait, it was canceled? Yeah. He will, he will be literally be gone for the one-year hiatus. I was on my uh, two-year LDS mission trip in Brazil when BYU lost 3-0. That Monday preparation day, as they call it on a mission, was, uh, was terrible. It, was it, affected, it affected you a lot. Did it affect me? One million percent. I was ticked for two reasons. One, BYU lost Utah. Two, the shutout streak since 78 <laughs> was over. I was on the front row, man. I was on the front row. In the snowball. In the north end zone. Ugh. Part of what makes the rivalry great are things like that. We will discuss more of that. Well, that is that's just what makes bit. it terrible, great and terrible. Well, that's There's the nothing thing. Depending great on the side, three nothing to Utah. <sighs> oh, technicalities, right? Depending on the side you're on. This is a what's the name of the show, man? Great doesn't you think have Utah's watching the show. Great doesn't have to mean okay, whatever, whatever. There are other there, there are other BYU meanings to like, it. That was great. It's what makes the rivalry special. Moments like that. Wins wouldn't mean as much without I, yes, junk like I, that. I appreciate that. Yes, it's not. I don't call that great. I call it terrible. <sighs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The University of Utah announced yesterday that they will play BYU at the Marriott Center in November or December of 2017, renewing the rivalry game after Utah canceled the game that was scheduled for 2016 due to, and this is real, Safety concerns. Mark Durant will join us at the bottom of the hour. He's played in the rivalry. We'll get his comments on the rescheduling. Can't wait for that. BYU Baseball lost in the WCC tournament opener to Gonzaga 5-3 in Mike Rucker's first loss of the season. Gonzaga pitcher Brandon Bailey had a Gonzaga record 17 strikeouts 
in a complete game victory. Hashtag Keaton, big strike zone. Keaton Kringlin, yeah. Keaton Kringlin opened up the scoring for BYU with a solo home run after coming on the show yesterday. It stunk because Gonzaga had two innings where they were good offensively. And BYU had an error. Uh, Eric Urey had a ball in his glove where he, he slid and it kind of popped out. Two out double in the gap knocked in a couple. It was just it was just bad luck. And then BYU finally got the offense going, but there were solo homers in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. But they were down five nothing. Yeah, so can you put a guy on, If you put a guy on base for one of those home runs, I mean, like the first ten batters, Brandon Bailey stuck out the first eight. It, that was crazy, a crazy performance. So BYU plays today against Pepperdine. That's He's right. on the line. It is on really. The NCAA tournament might come down to the result today against Pepperdine. And BYU probably needs to win, too. 3 Eastern on BYU Radio and the W.TV. If the Cougars win the first game, they will play at 10.30 Eastern against the loser of St. Mary's and Gonzaga for a chance to play in the championship game tomorrow. They have to win two today, it sounds like, to get into the NCAA tournament. Oh, everything, everything that they've worked for and done this season comes down to today. There's a lot of pressure. By it, the all, way. it all depends on the committee. Mike Littlewood right. said he would feel confident if they are playing on Saturday. Yeah, it just makes me nervous. It just makes me nervous. Okay, Keaton Senetiempo, by the way, is getting the start against Pepperdine. You leave it up to the writers to decide. Yes, the writers, <laughs> yes. Luckily it's not. It's a, it's a committee of other people. Hey, and Jacob Hanneman hit a two-run homer yesterday, his fifth of the season. Uh, he plays for the Midland Rockhounds, right? Is that who he plays for? Or is it the Tennessee Smokies? It's a Tennessee Smokies. Yeah. Jacob Brugman went two for six. He used to play for the Midland Rockhounds. Now he's with the AAA Nashville Sounds. He had an RBI as well. Brugman returns to Utah to face Salt Lake Bees this weekend, Salt Lake, uh, in a four-game set. So exciting for him. I'm waiting for you to sing a song. And the locals. Um Coming home. Yeah, that one. Exactly. <laughs> well, you sang it, so I don't need to. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. In the words of Wayne and Garth, game on! It's scary because how do you put another contract together, another agreement together? That's how I feel. Fear no more, Dave Rose. The BYU-Utah rivalry basketball game is back on for the Cougars, their head coach, and all of those rabid fans. The (laughs) The University of Utah announced yesterday that in 2017, the Utah Cougars will resume their non-conference series at a specific date later to be determined. The series will pick back up in Provo. Where where it was supposed to pick up. Which I love, because there was some like, well... If they resume the series now, is Utah going to make it have to be in Salt Lake City? It's, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. They played well, the next game in Pro Yeah, Bowl. they did the wrong thing, and then they did the right thing. It's easy to do the right thing after the wrong thing. Just do the right thing isn't, the first time. Isn't that the – well, yes, that is the purpose of life. <laughs> but if you mess up, why not, why not do the right thing after you mess up? And yes. they, I think they did that. A one-year hiatus grants BYU 80000 bucks from a contract buyout and incited one of the more – Unforgettable social fallouts in the history of the rivalry. This is one of my favorite moments of the year. Do you know the la- the reason why is? Do you know the last time BYU and Utah did not play a basketball game? That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last season BYU and Utah didn't play a basketball game it was 1944. So the obvious stoppage. Uh, the people who stopped the rivalry are one Adolf Hitler <laughs> and Larry Kriskovic. <laughs> oh, that it, is all. 
It takes a world war or a Larry K to end the BYU Utah basketball game. Both safety concerns in their own right. (laughs) Absolutely. The important thing is the game's going to happen again. And whether you whether you love the news or hate it, and I've seen who hates the news. A lot of people are not happy. Mostly on the Utah that it, side. That it's rescheduled? Mostly on the Utah side. Okay? <laughs> Boo-hoo! Boo. Wait, I thought Utah was in the Pac-12. It doesn't matter. Lowly BYU. Whether you love it or hate it, and we've I've seen, maybe not Jerem, several opinions from both sides. I don't pay attention to Utah fans. The matchup spews forth in many ways the deepest of fan emotions between the red and the blue. But why does it do that? Let's dive into the psychology of that with our oh Twitter question today. I, I, I got an E, in other words, an F, in a psychology class at BYU. This is dangerous. What does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? At Nick Emery 04 weighs oh. in. Forgiveness is real. <laughs> Nick Emery. Hey, talking about a guy that that's <laughs> appreciates the chance to make things right after a mistake, right, Jerem? He tr- yeah, yeah. Are we talking repentance now? What is this show? Um <laughs> Yeah, he weighed in quickly, quickly. Uh, hello, Nicholas. On Twitter. So what's up, Nick? Yeah, okay, let's dive into this. The The dynamic of this rivalry certainly has changed w- since BYU left the Mountain West Conference and Utah oh, no, went to the Pac-12 no Conference. No question. It has changed the dynamic. Utah feels like it's on a pedestal. That superior. It's, yes. Are they superior right now? Yes. They've gone to the Sweet 16. They've been to BCS games. Their program's been ranked. BYU struggled to uh, be equal to or better, has lost five in a row in uh, football, struggled in hoops a little bit against the Utes uh, the last couple of seasons. Okay, so Utah right now greater than BYU in football and basketball. Results. And that's fine. It happens in a rivalry. I don't want to be in one where you just dominate the entire time. It's fun to kind of go back and forth and have a little competition there, certainly. But what's fun about the Utah game is it's nice to have layers in your life, right? Uh, you play Utah, it means something else. When BYU plays Gonzaga, I'm not talking about conference title context. It means more. It matters. You see the red, there's an emotion that's evoked. Remember the 2000 football game, Lavelle Edwards' last game? Do I remember Both it? Both those teams stunk. They were bad, like really bad. But that game's one of the most memorable games ever. There was no context to that game other than Lavelle's last game, which is a big one, I get it. But it's certainly different now. I think that... The tenor of this rivalry has taken on a new chapter because of the status of both the programs. BYU has something to prove as an independent, as a WCC member, versus the mighty Pac-12 member that is Utah. So I love, I love the rivalry and the dynamic, the new dynamic, that is here now. Now, BYU is in a place where they need to start winning against Utah. And, Absolutely. And fast. For it to continue to be... A healthy rivalry because is it a rivalry if it's one sided? Yes, it was in the eighties when BYU pounded Utah in football. It was still a rivalry. This rivalry game is literally the only reason that I don't wear red ever. Yes, I'm pretty sure this is not a joke. Other than a 2002 World Cup T-shirt that is a souvenir from my mission trip to South Korea when I witnessed the World Cup. And the Red Devils are the name of the Korean soccer fan base. That, As a missionary, you wore a red shirt for the Red Devils? It says, be, <laughs> it says, be the Reds on it, okay? Be the Red Devils. 
It was unbelievable. That I, I'm pretty sure that's the only piece of red clothing that I own, and it's a souvenir. Okay, uh, this tweet in from at BYU State of Sports. Let's let's. It's too late. <laughs> oh, Skip did it. it go off the screen? Dang it! We'll get back to that. Squirrel. Really, really good tweet. But the point is, I don't own any red clothing, and since I took this job at BYU, I can't. I can't. That is correct. It means that much to people, and I respect that it means that much to people. This game has produced, or this rivalry has produced, some of the most memorable sporting experiences of my life. Amen. So what does it mean to me? It, it's a, a huge part of the reason why I wanted to do what I do. Like the emotions and the passion and the atmosphere involved in the BYU-Utah rivalry in large part helped shape what I want to do professionally. I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, I love this so much, I want to be around it. So this rivalry, as much as I don't think it makes or breaks the season because it's one regular season game in football or basketball, it definitely shaped why I wanted to do what I do. A comment on what you just said. The BYU fan that says they don't care about like what Utah does or it makes the entire season, they care too much about Utah in my opinion. They care too much. Like, don't come from that place of desperation. To me, it's more about the entire season. Like, I want a win over Utah, for sure. But the number one thing is not beating Utah. You, you know who Boise State's rival is? It's Idaho. You know what Idaho says? Oh, if we beat Boise State, the entire season season's made. made. Season made. Don't come from that perspective. Don't, come on. Be bigger than that. Be more about getting ranked. Be more about winning a bowl game. Be more about winning 10 games. That matters the most. And then there's this singular game of Utah above all other games. I get it. Back to Harleen. Fourth and 18. Lavelle's last miracle. Robbie Reed at the Huntsman Center from 28 feet away. I mean, there, there are so many moments in this rivalry that make it special. So what does it mean to me? It means a lot to me because it's why I do what I do in a lot of ways. Up next, Dave Rose on the state of BYU basketball. But first, what does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to BYU national champion Blaine Fowler? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. Simulcasting on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right this very second on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Season may be on the line today for the Batcats in Stockton, California at the West Coast Conference Tournament. 3 Eastern today, BYU and Pepperdine in the loser's bracket play an elimination game in that tournament. Listen to it on BYU Radio. Watch it on the, on the W.TV. If BYU wins that, they will play at 10.30 tonight. You can listen and watch on those same channels. I think at a minimum, BYU has to beat Pepperdine today to even hold on to hopes of like getting they into lose an that NCAA game, tournament. Forget about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't right? know. I know they won five of six, and they won five conference games in a row leading up to the tournament. Lose to Gonzaga last night. they got to beat Pepperdine, in my opinion, to have a shot at an at-large bid. It stressed me out a little bit because they started 18-1. and one. They were fantastic. The last 22, 11-11. and 11. They've had some injuries that affected them. That's tough. They, they probably should get in, but we don't think they'll get in if they lose this game. Our Twitter question today, Just what win. does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? At Melocopter says, sometimes I wish the Utes didn't exist, but I also realize that I wouldn't love the Cougs as much without them. Yes. Absolutely. There must needs be an opposition in all things. This was said a long time ago. 
BYU needs to win some of these football and basketball games to restore order to an otherwise lopsided rivalry in basketball and football right now. Recently, yeah. And to quiet some insufferable fans, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> and to raise the volume of the other insufferable fans? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Both yeah. sides are insufferable. And to save the mental health of many of you across BYU Sports Nation. Game two. Joining us now is our good friend and dual-thread analyst of college football and basketball, Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback, Uncle B, as we like to call him sometimes. Blaine, welcome back to Studio B. What's up, guys? Isn't this great I get to come in every week? Yes. We do love that you moved and, down and, here. And I want you to know that... I was running a little behind because I looked in the mirror as I was walking out the door. I had a red, but it wasn't red. It was Stanford Cardinal red. It wasn't crimson. It was Cardinal. That's a color. And and for a minute, I thought, well, this is okay. This is Stanford Cardinal red. And I went, not today. No, no, no. Not with with what's on everybody's mind. So I went back into my closet, found a gray shirt. Gray's pretty neutral. We don't play anybody gray, do we? No. Uh, nope, not that I okay. know of. So I changed the gray, oh, really? and then the shoes didn't match. So then I had to go gray shoes. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> had to go gray shoes. Um, Come from the bowling alley. I mean, this, this whole thought the process awesome. cost me a good ten minutes this morning in my preparation. All for BYU. Yeah, because I just didn't want to misrepresent for, what we were all all for the greater all good. About, all for right? Brigham. So with that in mind, what does the BYU Utah <laughs> rivalry mean to you on a day like today, and just in your life in general? It, you know, when I came to BYU, I came from New York. I didn't know anything about the rivalry. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't matter to me. It took me about two weeks to figure out how important it was to the fans here. And it became important to me. Because as a player, you're playing for the fans. You play for yourself, but you play for the fans. That's what it's all about. That's why we have college athletics. And the, and the longer I've been here, and uh, you know, and I've covered this rivalry for a lot of years, uh, on both sides of it, I've for I, you know I, I do a radio show um, for a youth's flagship station that I've done for years and years and years during football season, and and I've got relationships. The head coach at Utah is my old roommate from college, so I hear from both sides of it on a regular basis. And to think that it's only BYU fans that love this rivalry is crazy. The Utah fans are just as passionate. And to me, you keep playing it. The game is bigger than who the coaches are at that time or who the players are. Players come and go. Coaches come and go. And the fans are always here, and they have been for decades and decades and decades. You just play the thing. The game's bigger than you are. Larry? <laughs> Larry? <laughs> the, the man. I, and I only say that yeah. because... I just I didn't know until the last couple of days that he paid the pay the buyout of this game out of his own check. Interesting. What? Hashtag Pac-12 money. Yeah. What is? <laughs> yeah. What? That tells you who was driving it, though, right? Certainly. But 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 I'm glad they came to their senses and realized that for the fans, that this game needs to be played. So in the end, football decided. Uh, Utah football decided they were going to take two years off. That only ended up being one because of the bowl game, mm-hmm. one season, if you will. Men's basketball uh, ends up only taking one year off uh, in the end. When the, when the dust settles, does men's basketball feel differently than football in that regard? Or like, okay, the, because football, the argument from Utah was, oh, maybe it'll be good for the rivalry. Maybe it'll calm some people down. And and, and, and then they so, said the sometime, safety thing. Sometimes and it it's up. all about. Sometimes it's all about. Um, positioning and communication on how things are, are received by both fan bases. And with football, it was, 
gosh, we're going into a new league. Um, it, it's hard to schedule because the league's requiring us to do this many games. So even people on the BYU side were going, okay, we get it. Logistically, that's tough. You should still play. You should still figure it out. And then they figured it out. So I think everybody's okay with the football side of things. Even though they like to would like to have seen it played, I think everybody's going, okay, we get the rationale. They're trying to figure things out. And basketball, because the message came out that it was for safety reasons, so that just makes it a little more hotly debated issue. It's like, really? Come on. Like, I've done how many of these games? Sat courtside at the university, courtside at BYU, for way more games than Christoviak's ever been involved with between Utah and BYU. And I have never once even had safety cross my mind in any of those games. <laughs> once. When Jimmer made that half-court shot, um, and he dropped 30-something on Utah in the first half, and I was doing that game, the national game for NBC that week, and... Uh, and at the end of the game, a bunch of BYU fans were there, came down and mobbed. We were interviewing Jimmer. I was fearing for my safety and Jimmer's safety <laughs> yeah. that the BYU fans were going to get a little too rambunctious. That's the only time I've ever even thought about safety in this thing. So the rationale was poor. And because of that, it's a more hotly argued and, and questioned move. And so, I'm just, you know what? In the end, let's put it behind us. They're going to play the thing. And for Utah, it's a shame they're not playing this year. Because I think Utah's best chance in the next four years to beat BYU again would be this next year when a lot of new guys are coming in. Even though they're wildly talented, there will be an adjustment period. If they played it early, that'd be a good chance. You get to 2017, BYU should have the talent edge in a big, big way moving forward. Joining us now in Studio B is Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst for college basketball and college football, talking specifically about the BYU-Utah rivalry renewed on the basketball side. And I want to dive some more into the psychology of what it is that makes this this matchup between BYU and Utah go and what makes it so special because we're seeing a myriad of opinions come across, like people that really say that this the games, whether basketball or football, make or break the season for their team. I don't really get that level of desperation because it's not for a conference championship now and it's one regular season game, but why do you feel like some fans base it on that game. It, it's, and it is about fans. I don't think the players base it on that game, and I don't think the coaches base it on that game. I think coaches are smart enough and players are smart enough to look at a season in its entirety and go, okay, what's our target in terms of goals for wins this year and all of that? And that's just one game. It's, a, it's the biggest game on the schedule. If you don't acknowledge that, you don't play with enough passion in it. It's the biggest game, but it still is a game. Um, if you say BYU lost to Utah next year and won nine or ten games, still be an unbelievably successful season with that schedule. My point exactly. That's right, right? So you wouldn't go, oh, the season was lost. But here's the thing. I presented a poll question a few weeks ago saying, would you rather take a 2-1 and start with wins against Arizona and UCLA and a loss to Utah or a win against Utah and losses to Arizona and UCLA? And it wasn't close. Fans, for the most part, said, I think it was like 70 or 80% a win over Utah and two losses to Arizona and UCLA. That's because they were – and the proximity – of this rivalry, not just geographically, but everybody in their workplace has Utah and BYU fans. <laughs> and so they intermingle all the time. And they're passionate. Both fan bases are really, really passionate. That's what makes this thing great. So you have to hear about it. So they're thinking from that from that perspective. Hey, there's family. I, have, I know lots of friends that have families that half the family are Utes and half the family are Cougars. And they argue this, and they dress up in their red and their blue when those games are on. And so you can never get away from it. And because you can never get away from it, it has more importance. But from the team's perspective, 
I think they'd take a two and one start rather than a one and two start, even if that one losses to Utah. Logic. I think they would. Logic. Yeah, it's personal for a lot of people. That's yeah. That you're exactly right. My stepdad is a Utah fan. I don't like watching the BYU Utah game with him, especially <laughs> recently. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, a, a guy that lives in my neighborhood played football for Ball State. He's from Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin guy. He said that he he works uh, like in Sugar House or something. And when baseball lost two weeks ago. 8-1 or whatever to Utah. He said, I, everyone attacked me because I'm from Utah County. I don't have anything to do with BYU. <laughs> and I said, BYU won two of three this year. He's like, you should have told me that earlier. I could have used that against them. The, the rivalry is always better when it's really competitive. When games come down to the wire, when there's a balance in who's and, – and I, I think you that – don't that, give up 35 Right. I, I think that that balance – and here's the thing. I think that balance is swinging back. Hey, I, I remember – and this is – I hate to go, hey, when I was here, because that's so long ago now. <laughs> Holy cow, that's long ago. But, but Utah, I realized how important it was to the fans, but I have to tell you, our approach going into those games – we weren't as intense going into the Utah game as we were into the Utah State game because Utah State had challenged us in recent years, and Utah was down. And then Ronnie Matt gets in there and turns that thing around. So very shortly thereafter, when Utah became competitive, now the rivalry came back. And, and I love the way Ron and Lavelle handled the rivalry because they always remain good friends. They, in fact, I'm interacting with the both of them right now. They have a golf tournament they're putting together for Utes and Cougars to come together because he, he and Ronnie and Lavelle are still really, really good friends. They were, those guys were great for the rivalry. They brought the rivalry to the forefront, but they made it a you're playing against your brother, and who do you want to beat more than your brother? Like you want to beat your brother, but then you want to give him a hug afterwards and say that was a great game. That's the way I wish the rivalry was. Sure, uh, but for the fans, it's not that way. They want to beat the heck out of each other after the game. There's there's some legit hatred there. Okay, I'd like to get your take on uh, just the fact that South Point. And we've been talking about win projections for BYU football all season long. Uh, South Point predicting eight wins for BYU football this season, which is on the higher end of things that we have seen. We've seen I've, seven, seen a lot, I've seen a lot of six and six, six and seven. Six, and five. I say six and seven and a half, is seven, a success. Yeah. Yeah. Bull eligibility. Eight wins. Okay, what's your prediction for this BYU football team wins and losses in 2016? Okay, let, let me give you – okay, based on the schedule, here's six wins. You ready for this? Okay. So, and okay. so November. Plus. Arizona. I'm giving them Arizona. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Toledo. Yes. Cincinnati. Yes. Southern Utah. UMass, UMass Utah, and Utah State. November plus. I'm giving them six. Okay. Now let me give you seven. Utah. Oh, oh, there it is. And game two. And so now that means that all they have to find one to get to eight. They've got to find one win. I'm t- I'm saying I'm predicting now. This is early. BYU's going to win the Utah State championship next year, which is important. They're going to beat right? the Aggies the and the Utes. The boot, so, Blaine. So that means they've got to get a win against Rosen and UCLA or West Virginia. You know, not really on the road, but on the road. Uh, Michigan State, who's going, they got to replace Connor Cook, but they're loaded again this year. They're you know predicted to be a top. This is a rebuild year for them, and everybody's putting them in the top twelve. <laughs> Michigan State, that's worse Michigan than the State, final right? four. Hey, right? real rebuild year. They're probably only going to be like twelfth, eleventh, tenth this year, right? Um, and then they got uh, the Mississippi State or a Boise State. Boise State's got all that offense coming back. Not yep. nine out of eleven starters on a team that produced over six hundred yards in the Poinsettia Bowl on offense. So. Arizona's got some defensive question marks. You know, they got Nick Wilson at running back and Anu Solomon coming back. He was so injured last year, we don't even know how good he is. But BYU has an advantage in that game because Arizona doesn't know what they're going to do. That's why I'm giving them that one. It's like BYU can scout Arizona's personnel and 
their schemes. Arizona can scout BYU's personnel, but they have no idea how Taysom Hill operates in this new offense. They have no idea what defense they're going to run. Neither do we. So give them Arizona. <laughs> right, right. Give them the Arizona game because yeah. of that. You, the only reason I say to Utah is I was to rank Utah's top eight players um, and start to, with most value number one down through, you know, if we count it out through whatever, through position 40, they lose like six of their top eight. And, and, and so to me, I'm like, okay, this is a rebuild year for Utah. This is an opportunity for BYU. And then after that, then it becomes a great rivalry again. Uh, I think it's a really important game. I think Kalani will treat it as such. And Kalani has an advantage in that game because he knows the personnel and he knows the schemes intimately. The upperclassmen that are starting, he recruited. He knows the schemes really, really well. So he's got an advantage in that game, and Utah have one game of film. So, so that's why I'm giving them those first two. Then, then they hit UCLA, who's wildly talented. We'll see. We'll see on that. So, so I, I feel like they have seven. They win the Utah State Championship, and if they do nothing but that, I'm going to go, wow, unbelievable first season Good for Good season, yes. all yeah. things considered. Then if they get one more of that group that I said, hmm, just Holy I don't know about, now, now it's eight wins. It's fantastic. And, that, and if they get to nine – we start talking about, whoa, is this a special season? And so, so that's, that's kind of how I look at it. What do you guys think? Is that? Yeah, Jerem said seven. I said I'll be happy if BYU is bowl eligible just because of the transition. First it's hard to make staff. so yeah. many changes in transition. It's just tough to win a lot. Because they're learning a lot of new things. The other thing is, and I've talked about this for a long time, like for a year now, up front is where BYU is going to make market, market, change, market change in the next couple of years. Here's what I want everybody to look for. When you look at the two deep on the offensive line and there's not somebody that's starting backing up another position, then, then BYU's back to the depth they need to play. Mm. So you need to have a right guard and a backup right guard. Not a right guard, and if that guy hurt, gets hurt, the left tackle moves over to right guard, and then you put somebody in that left tackle. Valid points. When, when you get to the point where all five positions have a, a valid backup that's almost as good as the starter so that you can push the starter and say, hey, this guy's as good as you are. He's just younger. That's why he's watching you right now. But if, if you don't raise your level of play, he's going to step in and play. Mm. When you get to that point and every position has a backup, so you are 10 deep, now you compete with this kind of schedule. So when we see that, I'm going to go, okay, now BYU is where we want him to be. That may not be till 2017 sure. or 18. You know, Great we'll stuff, man. BYU-Utah, the rivalry explained out of the mind and mouth of the gray shirt-wearing <laughs> Blaine Elmira, New York. The, Blaine the neutral man. Hey, uh, Blaine, we always appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Let's do it again soon. What does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to all of you? Coming up, Dave Rose on which BYU player he anticipates will become one of the best to ever wear a BYU uniform. But first, Cougar basketball analyst Mark Durant on what the rivalry really means to him. Welcome back, sports friends. On a Friday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, check it out! Monday is Memorial Day. We will have a live BYU Sports Nation of to react we will. to BYU baseball in the West Coast Conference Tournament. The selection show is at noon Eastern on Monday, so we will know during the show if BYU makes it. Uh, we might know this afternoon, in other words. Just but, beat Pepperdine. Yeah, beat Pepperdine, and then we'll see what happens. So check it out Monday, a live edition of the show on Memorial Day. Refreshing the rest of today's BYUSN headlines, the University of Utah announced yesterday they will play BYU at the Marriott Center in November or December of 2017, renewing the rivalry game after Utah canceled it for a year. 
due to safety concerns. Mark Durant will join us in just a moment to comment on the news of the rescheduling. BYU Baseball lost in the West Coast Conference Tournament opener to Gonzaga 5-3 in Mike Rucker's first loss of the season. It took 16 starts to lose. Gonzaga pitcher Brandon Bailey set a Gonzaga record with 17 strikeouts in a complete game performance. Keaton Kringlin hit a solo shot after coming on the show yesterday. The Batcats against Pepperdine today, 3 Eastern. You can listen on BYU Radio. Watch on the W.TV. We will be paying close attention. If the Cougars win that game, in my opinion, tournament hopes remain alive for an at-large bid. Then they would have to take on either the loser of St. Mary's and Gonzaga for a chance to play in Saturday's championship game. Win two today, man. And Jacob Hanneman hit a two-run home run yesterday, his fifth of the season for the Tennessee Smokies. Jacob Brugman went two for six with an RBI for the Nashville Sounds in AAA. Brugman, by the way, returns to Utah to play the AAA Salt Lake Bees this weekend in Salt Lake. A rivalry edition of the show today on BYU Sports Nation. And with that said, we welcome in our second guest, Mark Durant, BYU basketball analyst, former Cougar basketballer on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Mark, welcome back to the show. Gentlemen, it is always a great pleasure. I know that you have a profound love and intensity for this rivalry, and I'm going to reference a tweet you sent to me a few weeks back where you said... Maybe your greatest of all time. You were quoting somebody. I I can't remember who it was, but you said, no other success can compensate for failure to beat Utah. Why do you feel that way? (laughs) Well, listen, I have a a long and sordid history with this rivalry. My brother played uh, way back when... uh, and so as a boy, I would go to those games. I lived in Salt Lake, so I was greatly persecuted for my uh, love for BYU. And, uh, you know, I, I've been watching these games since uh, – I think I've seen every rivalry game except for a two-year hiatus uh, since 1979. That's like 15 years before you guys were even born. <laughs> and so, Four, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching Danny Ainge and Tom Chambers and Danny Vrains and Fred Roberts. I mean, those were great times. And and I just grew up. It's always a part, a part of my sports and part of my life, and uh, I just loved it. I always looked forward to it. I lived and died. Man, I – as a as a child and even as an adult, when we lose, I cry, and and, and when we win, I celebrate. I'm, and and I had to think that that Utah fans, as much as they might want to, you know, defend their school and defend their coach, which I get, I had to think that the majority of Utah fans felt the same way. And I think, you know, with what has happened, I, I think that's evidence that yeah yeah Utah fans have a history too, and they appreciate the rivalry, and so it's. Yeah, sometimes it gets out of hand. Sometimes with Twitter, you know, you get you people carried away with you know, with anonymity, and it, and sometimes people think, well, maybe we need to cool off. But I think the majority of fans, I know at least I do, love the rivalry, love the back and forth. It's fun to go back and forth, and, and it makes life more interesting to have uh, have a big rival out there. And and so I, I'm thrilled. I don't know what went into getting it back. I think it was one of the most idiotic decisions. And the, I mean, it was the George Washington of the Mount Rushmore of idiotic decisions to, to, cancel, to cancel the thing. But whatever, what, I don't care. Whatever, I'm glad it's back on. I'm I'm sorry we're not doing it this year, but let's get back to playing this. It's fun. Let's have fun with it. Let's tease each other, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm thrilled, and and uh, you know, so let's let's go forward and let's kind of put this behind us. Mark, we've been talking about uh, what you know. What makes it special to us, or the the psychology behind it? You explained kind of growing up and whatnot. How how was playing in it 
and then being an analyst uh, for a long time on, on the radio for BYU basketball, how has that affected your view of the rivalry? Well, it, it's just made it that more special to me. I mean, I, you know, I recognize that uh, not everyone has, has played for one of these schools or gets to broadcast. I feel pretty lucky about that. But, I, you know, I've gotten a front row seat for, for almost 40 years of watching this thing. And, and the great level of play, the intensity, the fans – uh, and all you know, I go down in my mind the list of the great players on both sides that have played in this rivalry, and I just think it's fantastic. I mean, wh- why do you go to movies? You you want to cheer? You know, you want your Darth Vader's, you want your Snidely Whiplashes, or what? You want someone to cheer against? And, and and you know, I hate Utah, and but I hate them in the most loving way possible. <laughs> um, I mean, that's I, what I'm Max was there. missing when he said that. That's right. I, I think they edited that out. I think Katie Couric edited that, that part out of that. But, <laughs> uh, it's fun to hate each other as long as you don't really hate each other. You know, I, I mean, it's fun to cheer against those guys and. And no one cheers harder against Utah than me. But I also have a, I actually have a, a great respect for Utah and the players that they put out. I mentioned a couple of them over the year. They've, you know, Van Horn and Doley. I got to play against those guys, Andre Miller, and and they've got a great tradition now coming back. They're they're playing great basketball. So it just makes sense that two great uh, schools with that kind of tradition and those kind of players and that. To, to bring them together and let them fight it out, and it's been tough to be a BYU fan in this this rivalry the last few years. But that, you know, it's all cyclical. Let's get back to playing. That's how it should be, and uh, it's silly. Uh, I just uh, again, I can't stress how moronic the decision was. And uh, have I made that clear? I, I, w- I wish you'd be opinionated for once, Mark. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, all is forgiven. Let's get back to playing this because it's too fun, and it makes uh, sports here in Utah a lot more fun for me. Are you to the point uh, as a BYU analyst and fan and former player where you feel like a win over Utah validates an entire season? Because we're starting to see that desperation from a good deal of BYU fans. Well, when you lose uh, that many in a row, those kind of sentiments come out. Now, in reality, no, you don't want to do that. But it's hard for me to consider a season successful. I, I recognize I'm on the, the very far end of the scale in uh, rivalry uh, passion. Uh, but uh, as, and I like Bronco. I thought he did a marvelous job here. But I, it was very difficult for me to get the, beyond the fact that he couldn't beat the Utes. And, and no one is more excited about me than Kalani. And, but if he goes through four years without beating the Utes, we're going to have a problem. And uh, of course, I don't want to go one and eleven, but I don't want to go ten and two and have one of those losses be to the Utes. I know I'm a freak. I'm I'm weird, <laughs> uh, but you have to beat your rival. It's just you just have to do it. And and again, and, and that tweet was a complete joke, but there is a, a a current of truth under there that boy, you you better beat your rival, and whatever else you do is going to be tarnished if you don't do that. Yeah, you can salvage some goodwill for sure if you can beat Utah along like the one in twenty five or one in twenty six basketball season. BYU beat Utah State, Utah so State, that's yeah. a, that's always a fun little <laughs> fact from that season. Um, BYU basketball, we're we're, just, we're still five or six months away from the start of this, but Dave Rose met with the media yesterday, uh, talked about different news and notes and that kind of thing. But uh, what's your way too early starting five for BYU next season, Mark? Well, of course, uh, Nick Yamari. I mean, you go guys that have played already. I think Nick and uh, Eric Mika, of course, coming off the mission, but he started as a freshman. So 
you kind of you go with those two guys, and I think Kyle Davis, uh, at least initially, will start at the four. Uh, and I like Kyle a lot, and he, unless someone pushes him out, I think he'll be the four guy. And then uh, TJ, I mean, he's we've all we all know TJ, uh, but fact is he hasn't played college basketball. He's come on off a mission, so there's question marks there. But I think I'd slot him in given that Chase and Kyle are gone, and then. Uh, Elijah Bryant, uh, I, I just, uh, I mean, I hear amazing things about him, and, and uh, he's going to be able to come in and do some great things. So that would be my starting five. Uh, of course, that could change. I, I like uh, Yoli and and, and Peyton, and, and uh, those guys will have have their chance. And there's a lot of turnaround. So there's they are there are some question marks, not a lot of things set in stone. So guys can come in and make a case for themselves, but. I guess that would be the five I'd go with uh, at this too early right. point. Mark, we've got about 15 seconds left of this interview. True or false, BYU will win its first WCC championship sometime in the next two years. Uh, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say true. I mean, it's going to be tough this year. St. Mary's and Gonzaga are always great, but uh, if BYU is ever going to do it, they better do it in the next couple of years with the, the players they have right now. Fantastic stuff, my friend. We need to do this again very, very soon. Hey, you guys are awesome. Anytime. I want to come in there in person one of these days. Let's go, yeah, let's man. The seat's open for you whenever you, you want it. Will you take me out to lunch after? <laughs> don't oh, we got we to gotta go. We can't, don't oh, press oh. your luck. <laughs> the producer's saying we got to go, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mark. Mark. Mark Duran on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What kind of budget does he think we have on this show? <laughs> you drive yourself down here and you sit in the seat. You can have the rest <laughs> of my energy bar that is like yeah. two-thirds of the way eaten on the desk right now. Yeah, th- there's no food or drink in the studio, Spencer, <laughs> according to the sign. Does anybody, Do you even rule of law? Does anybody doubt? I'm just going to ignore that entirely. <laughs> does anybody doubt Mark Durant's passion for the rivalry? I love Mark Durant. We've talked a lot about the fighting Pac-12s today, and speaking of the Pac-12, BYU opens up with three straight games against Pac-12 opponents in college football, beginning with... Countdown to the Wildcats. 99 days. It feels, it feels fantastic to say 99. Except it's May 27. 99 days. But 99 <laughs> days doesn't feel that long to me because fall camp starts in like two months. It's all about September 3rd, baby. Woo! What does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? Up next, Dave Rose gushes about a guy he feels will be one of the greats to ever don a BYU uniform. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from the Studio Bizzle. If you miss an episode of this show live, rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Today at 3 Eastern, check out BYU Baseball against Pepperdine in an elimination game in the West Coast Conference Tournament at 3 Eastern on BYU Radio. Watch it on the W.TV. If BYU wins that game, they will play at 10.30 Eastern tonight. On BYU Radio as well. Win to keep those tournament hopes alive. Double what tournament does hopes. the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? That is our Twitter question today. At HeyJoeyJr23 says, Whoa! The game I look forward to the most yet in the past few years, the game I look back and dislike the most. Yeah, it depends on the result, right? Anticipation and disappointment. That That's a fair point. That's what it's been lately. 
Just but ma- it just matters more. At because least it's more happening. Emotional investment. At least it's happening now. Yeah. And again, on the basketball side, with the announcement from the University of Utah that that game will continue with the Cougars in November or December of 2017, game in Provo. What's the buyout? I want to know that. Utah's a public school, so I hope that we figure that out soon. Is it eight hundred thousand dollars this time? It was eighty. It was like five <laughs> bucks a ticket in the merits. Oh. What? Dave Rose addressed uh, a number of interesting tidbits uh, in a media interview yesterday about the BYU basketball team just prior to news of the Cougars and Utes continuing that rivalry series. So there was no formal comment from Dave Rose about that because that came out later. Maybe planned, but well done. Certainly that's the headline. I mean, that's the showstopper right there, the fact that they are going to continue to play the game. But let's not take away from the other things that we learned from Dave Rose, uh, Rose yesterday. Start, what did we learn, Spencer? Starting with this, and I, I want to bring this up. I've, talked, I've teased this a couple of times. Dave Rose pinpointed Yoli Childs. Yoli Manchild. A star from Bingham High School who will be a freshman this year. He's not a mission kid. He's not LDS. Plans on playing four years in a row at BYU. And he says the following. Listen to this quote. And with Yoli, I think he's going to grow into one of the real special players that's ever played here. But I can't really tell you how that's going to be right now. I'll just wait and see. Interesting that he would point him at. Gushing about a freshman. A lot of folks on the Lone Peak 3, right? As there should be. They won a national championship, you know, and they're fantastic top 100 guys. Yoli Childs is a top 50 guy that BYU got that's not LDS. Awesome. Awesome. And he took down my high school in the 5A state title game in the process, so I'm, it's going to take me a little while to fully embrace Yoli, but I'm very excited that BYU got this kid. I can tell you right now. I'm just playing. That one of the things that the coaches love about Yoli the most is not only his – incredible skill set as a postman but he has the work ethic to match it that's awesome that's awesome and that's one of several things that dave rose addressed the other is that corbin kafusi because he's on the football team there's a hierarchy with scholarships so if he takes any money from any team either of those it has to be football therefore he's on football scholarship a scholarship is open for basketball who are they gonna get and dave rose mentioned that he doesn't want to get a guy that ties down stuff later because in two years byu is three over on their scholarship so right does that now. mean a graduate transfer it's, it's got to be a graduate transfer logistically and, and it's got to be a guard yeah what do the cougars need when you look at a guard. Just how the numbers shake down they need guard depth i mean you have Elijah Bryant, Nick Emery, and TJ Haas. And then off the bench, Jordan Chapman and Stephen Bale. Stephen Bale. So very young. Very young. Other things that he mentioned. A kid named Zach Frampton, who played for Lone Peak, is going to walk onto the team. The Lone Peak 4? The Lone Peak (laughs) 4, kind of. (laughs) So now BYU is expecting to have a 16-man roster because Davin Gwynn will return. He was mentioned, Corbin Kafusi and Zach Frampton. So you have the 13 Scullies plus those three. Dave Rose also mentioned his health is good, which That's is great. fantastic. That's We're great. so happy to hear that the coach uh, is doing well. Obviously, he's had his bouts with cancer, so the fact that he is healthy and excited, that is f- really exciting news for the state of this BYU basketball program and their head coach. He also mentioned that Jordan Chapman's going to be in a master's program or getting a law degree next year. He is a redshirt just sophomore. Settle, just settle down, Holy Jordan. shnikes, okay. academically. Just wow. settle down. And I love that he Just was, done a nice job there. Dave Rose was pointing about goals for this BYU team where he said, look, we have a goal to win the conference championship, to get to the NCAA tournament, and, and advance. advance. We didn't do any of those last year, so the goals he, start with those. I want to point out that he hit the table 
after he said that. There's a little there's a little emotion. Conference in that. championship. He didn't slap. I just like that was frustrating. Get to the tournament yeah. and advance. I love it. Let's start with the basics. Up next, the new season win total for BYU football out of Vegas and BYU baseball facing NCAA tournament elimination today. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Utah announced yesterday they will play BYU at the Merritt Center in November or December of 2017, renewing the rivalry game after the Utes canceled the game that was scheduled for 2016 due to safety reasons. Baseball. Lost in the West Coast Conference Tournament opener to Gonzaga 5-3. Gonzaga pitcher Brandon Bailey struck out 17 Cougars. Keaton Kringland did open up the scoring for BYU with a solo home run after coming on the show yesterday. Hashtag karma. And the Batcats play Pepperdine today, 3 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the W.TV. It's an elimination game for the West Coast Conference Tournament, possibly the NCAA Tournament as well. If BYU wins that game, they'll play at 10.30 Eastern tonight against the loser of St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Football. Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Taysom Hill, and others will be at the Washington, D.C. Temple Visitor Center on Sunday night for a fireside. In other news, South Point released a college football win prediction total for every FBS team. BYU total at eight. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman hit a two-run homer yesterday, his fifth of the season. Jacob Brugman went two for six with an RBI for the Nashville Sounds in Triple A. Volleyball. Team USA swept the Dominican Republic in the fifth place game of the Pan Am Cup. Jake Langlois and Brendan Sander did not play in that match, however. Track and field. I got a free trip to Mexico City, essentially. Mm-hmm. The NCAA West preliminary meet was pushed back a day because of lightning and weather delays. BYU's 48 athletes are competing currently in Kansas. Soccer. Men's team tied San Francisco City FC 0-0. Teams will play again tomorrow, 9 Eastern at Southfield, with the winner locking down first place in the Premier Development League. Cougars overseas. In that division, yes. Kalani Purcell and the Tall Ferns play today and tomorrow against Latvia. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is tied for 27th at one under through ah, round one. Ah. Daniel Summerhays finished round one tied for 74th at two over. Somebody shoot that dumb bird. <laughs> round two is currently in a three-hour weather delay. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it? King Craiglin. Got the karma. Hit a homer. I Atta think that boy. bird that you just referenced was Swoop hanging out in a tree. <laughs> Keeter Pop, what does the BYU-Utah rivalry mean to you? I want to read a couple of tweets. Uh, one from at the real Ron Funk. It means I've lost a lot of bets with my Ute wife lately, though sometimes there is winning and losing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day from at Jeffrey's Jeffrey. Total utter hate and disdain for that team in red that has spread to any team in red and really just the color red. Okay, that's one way of uh, tagging that. Thanks to Blaine Fowler and Mark Durant and everyone on our crew. The show on demand, BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Louise Lemus, BYU Sports Nation. Back to work on Monday.